the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it would be really great to know when this is all is going to end, um, right? It would be really great to be able to see the future and figure out, okay, when is there going to be a vaccine? When are scientists going to learn more about what is going on, about um, who are the people who are really most susceptible about what masks do or do not do, about what groups should do or not do, when is that going to happen? And we can get into a life that we recognize. We can, we can have dinner parties and hug our friends and come to church in a, in a normal way where we're not apart, we're not afraid of seeing each other. When is that going to happen? In, in 1985, uh, the movie Back to the Future came out. And Back to the Future, uh, many of us have seen, is set uh, is Marty McFly is a high school kid who's friends with a mad scientist. And he goes back in time 30 years to 1955. And part of that is in order to help his parents not split up. Back in 1955, he, he saves, um, saves the school dance by playing Chuck Berry three years before the song was actually recorded. Um, his parents stay together, it's great, it's funny, it's a good experience had by all. So, what I really want to talk about is Back to the Future 2, okay? So, this, is, this came out four years later, um, but the trick of it is that in 1955, Marty McFly leaves a sports almanac that has all the scores of all and all the winners and, and losers of all the major championships and sports leagues. He leaves that in 1955, and Biff, the bully, finds it. Biff can tell the future. Basically, he knows who's going to win all the championships. He bets on these sports teams. He knows who's going to win. And he uh, gets a lot of money. In, in sports betting, not that as a Methodist pastor, I, I do, that's what I think, of course not. Um, but you only have to win 52% of the time to break even. And 53, 54, 55, anything above that, you start to profit uh, tremendously. And so if you are correct 100% of the time, that is going to be making a lot of money. Biff makes a lot of money. He can basically predict the future. Only about a certain thing, but he can, he can predict the future. We want to have this idea of, of Biff, the bully, as, as fortune teller, and that this is something that we can contrast with what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 10 today, with the prophet. What is the difference between a fortune teller the prophet? What is the difference between someone who can tell the future and someone who can speak for God? My brothers and sisters, I am in Austin. I'm on a bridge over a creek. My children are, are playing in the creek. People are walking by as I, as I do this because we're in a strange place, in a strange time, uh, in a strange season. We've been talking over the past few weeks that I've, I've been here at Bee Creek about how to, well, what does welcoming look like? How can we welcome others as Jesus? And how can we be Jesus to others in welcoming them as well? How can we welcome God as our source and strength in times of adversity, in times of trial that we are all facing? Today, um, the verse comes from Matthew 10, 41a. Um, Whoever welcomes a prophet receives a prophet's reward. Whoever welcomes a prophet receives a prophet's what is a prophet is the first thing we need to think about. And then what is a prophet's reward? But I think this continues 
with what Jesus was saying, what we've been talking about the past few weeks, how do we welcome God's word in the midst of us? How do we welcome God's prophetic word into the midst of us? Because it is so important to remember that God's prophetic word to the world and to people is very different from telling the future, from just telling the future. God is not giving people like sports almanacs about what's going to happen in the future. That's not what he did with Isaiah or Jeremiah or any of the prophets. The point was not to tell the future, but to speak God to people, to be a messenger. In Greek, to literally be an angel, an angelos to people, a messenger of God in this world. What is the difference between someone who can speak and tell the future and someone who can speak for God? At times like these, with, with so much going on in the world and, and just to be nice to be able to glimpse a year ahead that we may think that we would rather be able to tell the future than to speak with God. As well, it seems like the rewards for being a fortune teller are much greater than the rewards for being a prophet. Just thinking about, again, Biff as the model of fortune telling is that he made a lot of money. He won a lot of sports bets. He was able to be really successful. He got what he wanted. He, did, he was still a bully during that, but he got a lot of what he wanted. And that's what, um, that's what fortune telling could do. If you can look into the future and see what the stock market is gonna look like a year from now and see what stocks are gonna be higher, what stocks are gonna be lower, you can make, make a lot of money investing in, in the market and shorting some stocks and doing these things and being able to know what it's going to look like. And then you can be a lot, no matter where you are or how comfortable you are, you can be more comfortable in that situation. And it may seem like that is the desirable thing at this point in life. You can know when a vaccine that is going to function is going to arrive. You can invest in that company um, of the one of the many that are trying of the one that is going to be successful and stop completely the spread of COVID-19. You can be that person if you can tell the future. The prophets in the Bible don't always have that same reward. It kind of, it's almost like a 50-50 chance of either like dying kindly in old age or being um, just killed for it in some pretty gnarly ways. That's, that's, that's the kind of the prophet's reward that they receive in the Bible, including even Jesus receives this reward. And then we must remember when Jesus is talking about the prophet's reward, that it is for um, not just in this life, that the reward for being a prophet of God, for being the voice of God in, our, in a community is not just in the present. But then we get to what's, what's even the, the trickier thing to wrap our, our heads around is this. The prophet's reward is not um, a material reward. Part of it is a future reward of our life with God and God's presence, but there is also this, this, this reward in the present life that is harder for us to grasp, um, that is much more counter to narratives of what the world expects of us. And that is the prophet's reward is being able to speak for God, being able to speak God's word in a community, participating in that. The job is the reward. The prophet's reward is, is being a part of what God is doing. The reward of Isaiah is being the voice of God for people. The reward of Jeremiah, the reward 
of Moses, the reward of John the Baptist, being the voice for God, something you cannot buy. The reward for Jeremiah, Jeremiah who thought he was too young. He couldn't do it. So then we get back to this issue of who is a prophet, who are the prophets in our midst. I think prophecy, like a lot of other things in scripture, is one of those things that you can't, um, you can't decide that you're a prophet yourself. But those are the people, the person who says, I am a prophet, is someone you should um, not really, I, I don't think you should probably really trust them with it, with that, that the prophets gave evidence to that, um, to their gifts. And I think when we see that, um, that's, that's what we honor. But instead of fixating on whether or not I am a prophet or this person around me is a prophet, I think how we can respond to what Jesus is telling us in Matthew 10, 41, how we can respond to the challenges of this world, to the desire to see the future, the desire to know what the end game of coronavirus is going to be. That desire is, is honest and true to have that, but what we must hold on to is how are we welcoming God's prophetic word in this time? How are we welcoming the possibility that someone around us is speaking for God? speaking truth to us, speaking truth to our community, speaking truth to our world. Part of this is how we are preparing our hearts to welcome a prophet in our midst, or even more concretely, how to welcome God's word in our midst. Even if God's word speaking to us is different from our own expectations of ourselves and of our future, how are we preparing ourselves for this? A big part of this is, is the virtue of humility. The biblical virtue of humility that over and over again um, the desire to to know where we are in the world and to be grateful for that to not think too highly of ourselves to think properly of our space with god realize that god's love for us comes to us freely not because we have earned anything not because we have done anything special but solely out of the gracious overflowing of god's love that cannot hold it in that gives it freely to us, that we are forgiven, we are redeemed, we are set free, we are offered the ability to flourish in this world, to be grateful for that. In order to, to maintain our vision on what God is doing, to keep that humility in our heart, that what we have gained and what we are doing and where we are going is not because of our, our great skill, but because of God's overflowing love past few months have been a wonderful opportunity to practice humility, but like many opportunities, we can practice it or not practice it. We can, we can see um, disruption as a way of confirming all of our previous biases and expectations about the world. And that's often what we do, you know, myself too, is that, you know, when something big changes, I think, oh, that's further evidence that everything I already thought was true. Um, and it can go on and on and on. Um, but but how do we keep a humble spirit in order to possibly receive God's prophetic word, to welcome God's prophetic word in our life? And that, that prophetic word can change what we're doing. That prophetic word can change the direction of our life so much as when Jesus goes to the, the Sea of Galilee and goes up to Peter and Andrew and says, follow me. Lay down your nets, and I will make you fishers 
and their lives are changed. They go from being these fishermen in a small, really backwater part of the Roman Empire to being, you know, for Peter, the rock upon which the body of Christ is built, the church is built. This amazing transformation because of this meeting with the prophetic word of God in the person of Jesus Christ. How are we welcoming God's prophetic word in our life? Part of that begins, as so much of faith begins, with prayer. When we pray the Lord's Prayer and, and mean what we say, praying for our, our daily bread, praying for God's will to be done, we are building up our humility and our gratefulness in what God has given us. Another way of humility, um, honestly, comes back to, um, to giving, to what we are giving, to how we are supporting what we believe in in seasons like this. How are we are supporting how are we are supporting our church, how we are giving and sustaining um, the body of Christ that we are a part of. There is a great humility in, in writing a check and, and letting it go. There's a great humility in, in going online and going to the give section of our website and, and putting in a number and getting a recurring gift, a humility in, in that act of faith that this money that I have earned, I am not claiming as my own, but I'm returning back to the Savior who has given me everything, the God who created everything. Letting that go. So often, you know, there's a temptation when we give to a church or another organization that we then have a claim over it. But in, in giving to God, we let go of that claim. And in fact, we, we acknowledge the claim that all that we have received is but a gift from God. And God does not ask for, for all of it, but a portion to return back to God's greater glory in, in the world and in the community. And finally, one of the ways of practicing humility is holding all of these things in our life lightly, holding them, holding them in a nimble fashion, as if we realize they are not, they are not put down in concrete at this moment. Our days and our lives are not as set and predictable as they used to be. And that is okay because the God who created everything still is. God's faithfulness still is. It is God's power and glory that causes the sun to rise each day and the sun is still rising each day. Holding things nimbly um, with our expectations of what our daily life is going to be like, of what our church life is going to be like, of what our faith life is going to be like. It is so often our expectations that can block out the voice of God in our life. When we expect God to look a certain way and speak to us in a certain way and to act a certain way, then we close off the possibility of God speaking in surprising ways. If the expectations of the people of Israel were for prophets to be of a certain age, to have a certain beard, um, to have a certain standing of the community, they would have never listened to Jeremiah. They would have never listened to Deborah. They would have never listened to the prophets that came. God works in mysterious ways. God does not use the people that the world thinks should be important. God did not pick the oldest son of Jesse. God picked the youngest, the shepherd. Jesus did not come on a chariot of fire, but as a child to a poor carpenter. God works in mysterious ways. 
Let us be a people who are open to what God is saying at this time, or who are praying for God to speak to us, who are welcoming God's prophetic word. And in that, we can receive the reward of the prophet being a part of God's actions in this place, that God wants to use you to spread God's love in this place, to spread God's mercy in this place. You have to say yes. You have to say, here I am. Let us pray and prepare and give and hold loosely so that we can hold on stronger to God's love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Son.